Hello, everybody. Let welcome to, welcome back to my podcast. Today, I'm with my mom. Hi there. Um, today, um, I'm going to ask you a few questions about the Rubik's cube. So, what do you think that kids would benefit from the Rubik's cube? Well, I think a couple things. One is patience. Because, you know, I've never seen or heard of a person figuring it out the first time. It takes practice. So patience, uh, persistence to keep on trying, um, practice to learn to do things over and over again. And I would also probably say problem solving, right? Why do you think that Rubik's Cubes would be good for kids that have trouble maybe learning? Well, I think that Um, you know, as I mentioned previously, it would help with problem solving. And from a learning perspective, you know, it's they do it at their own pace, right? Nobody's timing them or monitoring them. And they can do it, you know, where, when and how they feel comfortable. Yeah. um, Do you think that different names for a Rubik's Cube and different sizes are maybe essential? I think they're great, meaning, you know, the different sizes and shapes. Everybody thinks differently and sees things differently. And, you know, one child may be better at, you know, the traditional Ruth cube versus another child that may be better at the triangular one. I, I don't even know all the options there are out there, but I think it's great that there's variety. So there, I have two Rubik's cubes here and one is bigger than the other. Which one do you really think? So we have the star cube, which is bigger. And then we have the Mancas cube, which is smaller. Which one do you think would be better for you? I think probably the bigger one for me. I just, you know, it's it's probably easier to move. Um, but the reality is, is they have the same number of squares, even though they're different sizes. Right? Yeah, so the easiest way to tell a good Rubik's cube for you is can you just hold out your hand? Yeah. So pretty much what you do is you see this top part where your thumb attaches to your hand? Yep. You're going to put one part of the Rubik's cube on your wrist and the other see if it matches up with this. No. So yours is a little this is maybe a little bit too big so no. put your hand back out. Okay. That would be good for you. Oh, I so see. the Menkes cube would be a better cube for you. Because it's smaller and it's easier to maneuver. Like, you can easily see the Menkes cube is good for me because I can just go, I can just turn it with one finger easily. Um, versus if I had this, I cannot move it as easily because it's oh, bigger. Oh, I see. And yeah. it's more unstable. Right. So, let's say a kid um, with a learning disability was given a mixed up Rubik's cube. Do you think that they could make it close to solving it in about an hour? Oh, 100%. I I really, I really do believe that they would get close to solving it. If, you know, they took the time, were given maybe a little bit of direction, um, you know, and uh, had some patience. What if a like a really really smart kid versus a kind of mental the guy 
a person with a men like a learning disability were to both be given a Rubik's cube and they both don't know how to solve it which one do you think would solve it first it's tough to say. Like, I think that, you know, you can't really tag kids with learning disabilities as being inferior to kids that do well in traditional school, right? Because people have to understand these days that out there in the work environment, there's a whole variety of jobs that have a variety of skill sets. And maybe a child with a learning disability in school with traditional subjects would excel in something different or creative or working with their hands or coming up with interesting ideas. So, you know, I don't I don't think that we can, you know, place judgment on that. Yeah, well, actually, it is shown that a person with a learning disability would actually solve a Rubik's Cube faster because a lot of smart kids, they'll be like, oh, I'm so smart. I'm the smartest in the class. And they'll be like overexcited. They'll know, they'll be like, oh, I know everything what to do. I'm, and I'm going to easily beat this. Um, and so, but other, like with kids with a learning disability, All they need to do is try to solve it and they'll probably solve it faster when all the, all the, like the smart kids, they'll just be going, Oh, I'm solving it. And then a person with a learning disability will be going slower to actually know what he's doing. So he can like know what he's solving and stuff. Um, so if Let's say you were 10 years old Mm -hmm. and you were given a Rubik's Cube for the first time. Yep. What would you, and you didn't know what a Rubik's Cube was, (laughs) what would you think that this was? I would probably say some sort of tracker or counter, right? Tracking something or counting something is probably what my guess would have been back then, which is a very, very, very long time ago. Thanks for your time. And um, I will be uh, uploading more of these podcasts about interviewing some people um, about some interesting topics. And thank you for your time, Mom. Thank you for your time, Darian. That was great. Thank you, guys.